It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at northstarsports.media. And welcome into the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Wednesday, October 21st, as we look to recap UFC Fight Night Ortega versus the Korean Zombie, which took place on Saturday, October 17th at the Flash Forum on Yaz Island, Abu Dhabi, UAE. And it's good to be back with you guys a um, little bit late on the uh, on the recap here. Wish we would have done it a little sooner, but uh, you know, better late than never, as they say. Um, as always, we'll get to some housekeeping here. Um, so we got two shows tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, two shows tomorrow. So we'll have the uh, the preview uh, for UFC 254, uh, Khabib versus Gaethje. That'll be interesting. We'll also have. Uh, the return in podcast form of the main card showdown uh, with uh, Drew Peterson, so he'll be calling in tomorrow. Um, might be might be a long one. Who knows? Could be short. Uh, could just be you know 13, 14 minutes like it usually is, or could be longer because it's been a while since he's been on the radio. And uh, you know we might talk about some other stuff, or maybe we'll save that for another time. Who knows? But um, you know we'll have two shows tomorrow. Um, Again, uh, you know, obviously we have the main card showdown this Saturday, but not only do we have that, um, it's also the first round of the uh, North Star Sports uh, October World Grand Prix. Um, So that'll be very interesting. Of course, the first round matchups are between uh, me and uh, the fireman, and then the hound dog and an actual dog, Captain. Um, So that'll be very interesting. Uh, You know, first time we're, we're, you know, we're really stacking the cards here you know, with uh, four contestants. So um, it is interesting. Uh, we do have a quote here from Reagan Hooverman I'd like to read on the uh, on the podcast here. Um, I, w- I was talking to him uh, probably a couple of days ago about his inclusion um, into this uh, historic event. Uh, historic and original for anybody out there, obviously, you know, time-stamped. You know, so for anybody who, who tries to steal the main card showdown, first of all, fuck you, but second of all, you know what I mean? We, we have it time-stamped that, you know, this is this is our thing. Um, but Reagan had to say, you know, and I quote, The way I look at it, I know nothing about MMA or any kind of fighting. The entire tournament is going to be playing with house money. With low expectations, the goal is to go out and overachieve. All of the pressure is on captain. So that's, that's interesting. You know, if I had to put on my uh, psychiatrist or psychologist, or whatever the fuck the proper term is. I always get those confused. I feel like they're both applicable here. But I've had to put on my, my doctor hat here, um, which I do sometimes. Um, I don't know. This is interesting. You know, that's that's a very lukewarm response there from Reagan Hooverman. I don't, you know, it doesn't exude confidence. So this is interesting. You know what I mean? Uh, he, he's going up against an actual dog. So if he loses, that's going to be legendary. Because Captain will be making the picks. I will be feeding him treats. And I don't know, maybe my left hand will be one opponent, my right hand will be the other. And, you know, Captain will make these picks. It's not just a bit. So if, if Reagan loses, you know, that's real bad. 
And, you know, Reagan put 90 seconds worth of effort into his first appearance, but Reagan's not outlawed from looking up the odds, which would take 30 seconds. You know what I mean? So it's all about how much time he wants to put into it. And by how much time, I mean, like, I don't know, like two minutes. So we'll, you know, we'll see. There, there's no there's no one stopping Reagan from making educa- educated guesses here. Um, but who knows? That's that's half the fun. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's just trolling and he's truly going to pick random like he did last time or, um, you know, if he actually makes an educated guess. But uh, it'll be interesting either way. Honestly, you know, it's a it's a win win because I'm going to smoke the fire, man. So I'm in the finals automatically. That's a guarantee. You know what I mean? It's just a formality that I that I beat Drew Peterson on Saturday. You know what I mean? Like all, all the real ones know the mailman's going to win. And then, you know, either I face Reagan Hooverman in, in a random showdown, or I face a dog. And, you know, then if I lose to a dog, then that's pretty bad as well. But hopefully I could beat Captain. Although you never know. I mean, that's the beauty of the, of this game. I mean, it's so random that, uh, you know, honestly, picking, picking random is not a bad idea sometimes. Um, I think you'll, you'll still lose out in the long run, but any individual night, anybody can win. Um, but it's legendary. If Reagan beats Captain, okay, then, you know, that was the first dog to ever play this game. That's cool. But if Captain wins, I mean, that's that's a good bit as well. So, you know, it's just, it's it's chock full. Because we, little inside baseball here, but we had a, we had a fifth contestant. We had someone who was going to take Captain's spot, and, and we declined. We wanted Captain in this tournament because um, it, it wouldn't have been as fun if we went with the other option. So... You know, it's interesting. Again, that's something you can tune in. You follow our social media accounts. Uh, you know, then 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 you'll know what's going on the entire time. We'll keep you informed. Um, but it's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll probably talk more about this tomorrow on both of those shows. Obviously, the main card showdown. We'll talk a lot about it because that's what it's about. But I uh, just figured I'd get that out there. Um, yeah. Again, and we have we have the updated rankings again. So check those out. That'd be cool. Um, not not a whole lot uh, in, in the rankings that uh, changed, but uh, we'll discuss it um, in this recap um, as it becomes relevant. Um, so with that, you know, we'll jump right into it here. We'll start with the main event. So it was a unanimous decision victory for Brian Ortega over Chan Sung Jung, uh, the Korean Zombie, and um, yeah, that was a surprising performance. I think we all knew Ortega was was talented. Nobody doubted that, but. Um, two years off I don't want to be too overreactionary but I, I I truly do believe ring rust is a thing but like you'll hear Dominic Cruz come out and say well ring ring rust is not really a thing well I think it is maybe just not for you I think some people might be immune to it but I think that's just more of a reflection on that individual fighter than it is on a pattern I think ring rust is a for sure a real thing but when Dom Cruz says that it's like, no, Dom, you're just like the greatest bantamweight champion of all time. So it's not really a thing for you because you're so good. Uh, and inevitably, or uh, uh, not inevitably, but um, evidently that was true for, for Brian Ortega. Um, tremendous performance. And it's it's um, it's really heartening, too, if if you're looking at the stock of Brian Ortega and, you know, is it going up, is it going down? Um Obviously, this was the number one contendership fight, so he's going to be fighting Volkanovski for the championship next. I'd still favor Volko, but the, the the thing is, like, okay, we know Ortega's really, really good on the ground. We know he's tough as shit, 
You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be condescending, but the ass whooping he took from Holloway, there are some positives you could you could take from that. Like he can take a beating if if he has to. You hope he doesn't take that type of beating every time he's out there. Otherwise, he'll die when he's 30. But um, to see him outstrike the Korean zombie, who's just primarily a, a boxer, that's that's really good if if you're hoping Ortega becomes a champ because really it was a striking that he had to work on and obviously he's had a slew of injuries and and things like this but to to outbox him and to not even really I guess they grappled a little bit but I don't really know if this fight even went to the ground maybe it it did it did for a a tiny tiny bit but I mean that's he's ready he's ready and it's kind of crazy because you you get your ass whooped in a historic fashion take two years off and then you beat any, any, anybody it could be the number one contender even though the the Korean zombies not and then you get another title shot that's kind of weird um but I don't know man I can't disagree with him getting the next title shot um and I man I think that'll be a close fight I was you know I'll admit it I thought uh, the Korean zombie was going to win this one but you know he was just kind of frozen I haven't gone back and watched the tape but I assume that was for many many reasons and and many you know nuanced things that I probably wouldn't exactly understand because I'm not a fighter but um that's that's as good of a a comeback fight as you possibly could have and uh you know he's kind of lucky too that he's getting the title shot because honestly um I don't know man you can make the case I mean Calvin Cater's never really beat like a top five guy but fuck man Calvin Cater's you know pretty active like there's a lot of guys in that top five that you could make a case should get another title shot or get a title shot excuse me so I don't know man he kind of jumped the line a little bit I mean Zabit I think Zabit was almost no he wasn't in line for a title shot he was gonna fight um shoot who was it uh Yair but like okay I could make the case even right now that Zabit should get the next title shot you know what about Calvin Cater and his activity that's something that's really plagued the top portion of this featherweight division the last year year and a half is inactivity um and you know for whatever reason you saw it with Ortega I mean he was about six months away from getting pulled from the rankings I mean just due to inactivity because we can't have somebody just sit there and occupy a top spot without fighting but um yeah again tremendous performance uh title shots next for him and then you know for the Korean zombie you know he's in a fine spot as well He'll, he'll get another main event you know what I mean? That's that's the beauty about that, and that's something that Chael Sonnen talks about. Um, uh, I think when he was talking about Woodley and after Woodley losing and talking about him moving up to middleweight, is even if you get a bunch of losses, you got to at least try to be the main event because obviously it keeps you it keeps you relevant, but it's it's I don't know it, it keeps you relevant he, and. You know that that that's the one thing you can say about the Korean Zombie is okay. You lost to Ortega. You're not gonna drop out of the top five. You're not gonna you're not gonna not be on a on a main event. I mean, Jesus, how many main events has he has he had in a row? I mean, the Edgar one was a main event. Moicano was a main event in South Carolina. Yair was a main event in um, Denver. Bermudez that was a main event. Aldo that was a main event. I think even the Poirier fight was on a main event. So, like, his last seven fights have all been main events. So, he's in a good spot. And, you know, with, with not one more win, obviously, but with two wins, he probably gets a title shot. So, he's sitting pretty as well. Um, but, yeah, great win for, for Brian Ortega. Um, 
All right, moving on here to the co-main event. We had a first-round KO uh, five seconds before the first bell uh, from Jessica Andrade over Caitlin Chukagian. Um, yeah, Jessica Andrade is strong as fuck. Uh, that that was a, a good performance, um, and just I don't know. I'm fascinated by that performance. I mean, five foot one versus five foot eight. She she was like a foot shorter on on the reach. And uh, I mean, she's just a, a bulldozer. Build, good lord, uh, she's just a, just a, a bulldozer. Um, you know, probably the pound for pound strongest. N- not even actually, not even pound for pound because she's fought at bantamweight. Probably just straight up, even at strawweight, the strongest female fighter on the roster. Um, and uh, she's the number one contender now. I, I guess, I guess we still have to sit through that bullshit, Jennifer Maya title shot that nobody will give a shit about and, and that will do terrible numbers um not that Andrade would do legendary numbers but she she was a former champ so she would do better numbers than than Maya but um yeah she's a number one contender next in line for a title shot and I know that's crazy because it's just one win but like okay well who else is going to get a title shot Cynthia Calvillo I get yeah, I guess but she beat Jessica I like Ooh, you're you're ready for a title shot after you beat someone who got murdered by Shevchenko or Calderwood? Okay, a 500 fighter in the UFC. I guess Lauren Murphy's on a bit of a winning streak, but I'd like to see one more big win. Uh, and uh, she is fighting this Saturday, but it's against a late notice fighter, so she's not going to move up at all in the rankings. But it's like you know, Chukagian did make it to a title shot. She did rebound um, after after that title loss. Uh, to uh, Antonina Shevchenko so I guess it's crazy to say because it's not like conventionally elite but circumstantially Caitlin Chukagian is an elite fighter at flyweight Um, I guess just because flyweight is not very top heavy and she has proven that she's beaten everybody else you know outside of Shevchenko um, in that division I think she beat Jessica I Um, I guess you'd have to go back to like Liz Carmouche okay but again, that was a split decision loss. So, you know, she she beat the second best fighter in the flyweight division. Um, so we have her number one in the rankings um, at women's flyweight. Everybody else moves down one spot, um, except Alexa Grasso moves down from 11 to 13. Jillian Robertson stays at 12 um, because Jillian Robertson Robertson won. Um, so she moves up in the rankings one spot, but then everybody moves down one spot because Andrade you know, jumps everybody, um, so I guess she stays the same, but that's, that's good considering the, you know, everything else that happened, um, but yeah, that, that was an, uh, an impressive performance, tremendous power, just lethal body shots, I mean, you could really see it on the face of Chukagian, um, I think there was two really bad body shots in particular, and then just kind of folded her up like a cheap lawn chair, um, that is an elite level win, and, you know, Fuck, man, you put Andrade in, in any of these weight classes. I almost want to see her fight at, at featherweight just so that she can say she's won in all four divisions. And I think she probably would beat every featherweight except for Nunez. I mean, I, I don't think highly of uh, uh, Megan Anderson. I think Andrade would mop the floor with Megan Anderson. Megan Anderson, by the way, um, for all you simps. But, you know, just... I don't know how highly she was ranked at bantamweight, but I, f- I feel like it was near the top five, and then winning the belt at strawweight, and now being the number one contender, probably getting a title shot, and you know, 
listen, you got a puncher's chance against Shevchenko. I'd still heavily favor Shevchenko, but there are there are interesting storylines here. I mean, you know, like Michael Chiesa was saying on the post-fight broadcast, I mean, Andraj, former champ, so that's interesting. I mean, if you're Shevchenko, you'd want to add another belt to your collection, metaphorically. I mean, beating someone who was at one point on top of the world in a given weight class. And then also, um, you know, okay, uh, I believe it was a third-round TKO win for uh, Shevchenko over Chukagian. Well, Andraj beat Chukagian in the first round. Now, I don't think... Now, this is MMA math. I don't think anybody would suggest that Andrade is a better fighter than Shevchenko, but that's an interesting talking point. That's something that you could not solely use to sell a fight, but that's that's a component. I mean, look at, look at how long it took Shevchenko. I mean, not that long. I mean, th- three rounds, but... And then, but look at Andrade, did it quicker. So, you know, there, there's a lot of interesting parallels that you could you could attempt to draw. And uh, I'd be actually pretty interested in an Andrade and Shevchenko uh, fight. Just, I don't, I don't know how that would play out, man. I, I really don't, but that would be very interesting. All right, moving on here to the featured bout. We had a pretty quick round one TKO for Jimmy Crute over Modestus Bukowskis. Um... Well, TKO KO, I guess, I guess that one kind of blurred the lines a little bit because it wasn't one clean punch, but yeah, it kind of was. There were some follow-up punches, but probably was out after one. Not uh, not completely out, but, you know, out enough to where the, the ref probably would have stopped it anyway. Um, but yeah, Jimmy Crute, uh, that, that guy is very dangerous. I look at that guy, uh, he'll be in the top six. Uh, you know, he's already at 11. He'll be in the top five in one calendar year. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really high on this guy. Uh, I know we had the the setback to Misha Serkinov. I would love to see that fight get um, a rematch because now Serkinov is 10, Krut is 11. Um, but this guy's dangerous. So you look at his record in the UFC. So in the contender series, knockout, win over Paul Craig, Kimura, win over Alvi, first round knockout, set back to Serkinov, win over Oleg Zaychuk, uh, a round one Kimura, and then the win over Bukowskis, a round one, uh, well, KO, TKO. This guy's dangerous as shit. I mean, he finishes fights, like Kenny Florian said. He finished fights. Well, I guess I finished fights, but Jimmy Crute finishes fights. I mean... It's not exactly what you want to see for development, like I always say. Like, I mean, a quick finish is always the best night at the office, but um, you you want the time in the cage. But I don't know. This guy, he's 24, and he has 13 professional MMA fights, so it's, he's not really lacking for experience. He's, he's had plenty of UFC fights, and the fact that he can finish these guys so quickly, that's interesting. And, and the fact that it's not just, well, I'm a knockout artist, so, uh, you know, I'm Rumble Johnson, so just take me down and you'll win. No, he'll, he'll choke you out on the ground as well. So this guy's very dangerous in every facet of the game. Great power. Um, very good development from from his uh, appearance on the Contender Series where he was just kind of stiff and truly a brute. I guess that's why they called him the brute. Uh, but, you know, he really he really was. I mean, he, he didn't really have a lot of regard for his own health. I mean, uh, the, his striking is, has... Has, has vastly improved over the last two years. So, I mean, when you look at the finishing ability and the improvement from Jimmy Crute, this guy is legitimately dangerous. I don't, and again, he's one of those guys where I'm not going to say right now, like, 
oh, Jimmy Crute, that guy is, that guy's going to be champion. I don't fucking know that. But I do know that, hey, Jimmy Crute, he might not be the champ. Maybe he will be, maybe he won't. But he's he's going to be a factor very quick. Um, I, I feel pretty confident in, in, in saying something like that. And, you know, then for Bukowskis, you know, tough fucking luck. I mean, you, you drew one of the toughest young Lions in the game. You know, no shame in it. It's your second UFC fight. Um, you know what I mean? I, I'm still interested to see what he does in his career. I mean, it was just a, a you know, unfortunate matchup, um, you know, too early in, in his career. But I wouldn't write Bukowskis out either. I, I have liked what, I, what I've seen from him, certainly in, in the uh, Mikolitis fight um, a few months ago. So, uh, again, a lot, a lot to like from both sides um, in, in this one. All right, moving on here. Uh, we have a unanimous decision victory here for James Kraus over Claudio Silva. Um, yeah, I, I don't agree with this one. I think Claudio Silva won that fight. Um, you know, shout out to James, James the Kraus, because um, he's he's a tough son of a bitch. And uh, you know, the fight before this, he fought up at uh, at middleweight on like fucking seven hours notice or, or whatever it was, something ridiculous. And I, th- I thought he won that fight versus Trevin Giles. Um, probably tore his ACL or MCL or something, you know, like he was saying. Um, and, he, and he fought valiantly, but I, I really do feel that Claudio Silva won this one. I just I just think um, he kind of pulled away dur- during the middle portions of this fight. And um, I don't know. I th- honestly, it was a close fight, so I'm not going to say you're a fucking idiot for thinking that James Krause won maybe you know, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. But in my own humble opinion, I do think Claudio Silva won this fight. And I think the reason why, um, Silva didn't win this fight, um, I think it comes down to aesthetics because Silva throws, he throws and misses quite often. And when he misses, like he throws some weird angled shots. He throws a lot of looping fucking hooks you know what I mean? That when they miss, it's just like, wow, you just, your, your, your fist just went around the world. So I, I don't have the stats in front of me, although the stats are a little irrelevant because judges don't have the stats when they're, when they're scoring. So I always, I always kind of love when people bring up the stats afterwards, um, unless it's super obvious when it, when it's, when the stats are like, well, uh, fighter B landed, uh, four more punches, uh, in round two. It's like, okay, nobody was fucking counting like we don't have live stats you're not allowed to have live stats if you're judging so that's cool but um you know I don't know it's more of a feel thing I thought I thought Silva won that and I just think his fighting style was not conducive to you know looking pretty for the judges which is a real thing that's why a lot of coaches will tell you you know when the fight's over you need to raise your hands up high and act like you won you know, even though round one was already scored, they can't go back and change it. Even though round two was already scored, they can't go back and change it. You know, you know, visuals are, are a real thing. You know what I mean? So, unfortunate for Silva, but you know, a good a good win for for Kraus if we're going with the uh, you know the theory that he won. I mean, Silva hasn't lost since like 2013 or something fucking crazy. You know, he beat Leon Edwards. Uh, he he's a he's a very very tough fighter, a very very tough fighter. So. Um, good win for James Krause. All right, moving on here to the main card opener. It was a unanimous decision victory for Jonathan Martinez over Thomas Almeida. Um, solid fight, back and forth, good striking. I, I honestly don't have a whole lot of uh, insightful commentary on this one. 
Um, I, I did not pay super close uh, attention to this one. Um, I mean, although, although I did watch it, uh, you know, the mailman's always, he's always busy doing something, you know what I mean? Um, I'd, I'd like to pull up uh, MMA decisions here because I want to see what, what the people, what the people, I mean, if we can call journalists people, I guess we can. Um, I am one of them, so I guess we'll call it journalists people. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see what people thought about this because, I don't know, I thought Almeida fought pretty pretty well. I didn't I didn't think Almeida won the fight, but um, apparently 90% of the media thought it was 30-27 Martinez. Um, I don't know. I think that's a little unfair. I think Almeida might have probably won one of those rounds. I, I you know, and again, that's a problem with doing this recap on on uh, Wednesday. Uh, a lot of the finer details get lost. Um, so I, I couldn't tell you which round I thought he won. Um, but I, either way, it was a win for Martinez. Good for him. Um, you know, again, anybody who's fighting at, at 135 or 145 uh, is is going to have a very uphill battle. A very uphill battle. So, um, you know, I guess he straddles the line because he is a bantamweight, but this one was at featherweight, probably just because they didn't re- really want to cut weight. Um, and it's n- not very important if you're, um, if you're not... Um, in the rankings. If you're in the rankings, I suppose they might push a little harder for you to be in the actual rankings that you occupy. But, um, you know, unfortunate for Thomas Almeida, because again, I go back, this was a guy who main evented a fight night in 2016, I want to say, with Cody Garbrandt. And this guy was like 22-1 and at, at one point in his career. Again, all against cans in Brazil. But, you know, people had a lot, a lot of high hopes about this Thomas Almeida guy. And, uh, man, you look at the last four years, I mean, I think he has one win in that span. And, you know, the, the hype train uh, not only has been derailed, but it was a historic railway disaster uh, when we're talking about Thomas Almeida. All right, moving on here to the prelim headliner, a fight. I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly on the first try. A split decision win for Guram Kutaladze. Kutetaladze over Matisse Scamrot. Um, that that was interesting. At the end, um, the uh, the Georgian Viking, we'll call him Guram, because I don't, I really don't want to have a shawism. I don't want to have a stroke trying to say his last name again. But um, it was that was really interesting. I, I've really never seen that before, where he was like, yeah, the judges just basically got it wrong. Um, I, I think that uh, Matisse won this fight, and. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. We'll look at the MMA decision, uh, you know, page. But I don't know. To be honest, I thought Kuta Deladze, uh won that fight. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he should have apologized. I, I think he really won that fight. And we'll look at the media scores here. There's probably about 20 media scores, and 17 have the uh, Kuta Deladze winning this fight, and three of them have Gamrot winning the fight. So, I don't know. I was rooting for Gamrot just because people talked this guy up. Um, you know, he's the future of Polish MMA. Um, and, and again, I'm not going to bury him. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you had a shit ton of hype. You were 17-0 coming into this fight, and you lost to a guy I've never heard of. But listen, you know what I mean? You fight somebody with the with their last name ending in Z or V, like, it, it's a tough out. It's a tough out. And, you know, your UFC debut is always tough. A lot of great fighters have lost their UFC debuts. So, you know, I'm not going to bury Matisse. You know, we'll see how he rebounds. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really thought you know, it was back and forth. 
uh, Gamrot might have injured himself uh, in that second round, if I remember incorrectly. But um, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. And to be honest, I don't. I don't think it was split. I think uh, Garam won two rounds, and uh, Gamrot uh, only won one. I want to. I want to say either the first or the second. I thought went uh, uh, Matisse, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't know, man. That's 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 really weird, and that's. I don't know the Eastern European, Russian, Slavic. I don't know. They just live by different codes. You know what I mean? You, I, I honestly don't think you'd ever seen an American go out there and get the win. Like I could never imagine like Kevin Holland going out. Th- Actually, you no. Know Fuck. That's a terrible example because because he, he wanted to run that fight back. Actually, never mind. Okay, so maybe it's not that unique of a thing to admit you lost. But I just found it fascinating when it you know really it was it was competitive, but not not super close. All right, moving on here. Still on the prelims, a unanimous decision victory. A whole lot of decision victories on this one uh, for Jillian Robertson over Pollyanna Botello. Um, yeah, good good win for for Jillian Robertson. Um, again, moved up in the rankings, but then down because of uh, Andrade entering the division. So um, she stays put at number twelve. But again, you know. That's somebody who I I'm I'm very high on. I think that uh, you know she'll be in the in the top five, top six very soon. Um, she's just a different level of grappler, and that's really interesting in 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 the 125 division where I don't know. There's not really a lot of fighters at 125 who can do what Robertson can do on the ground and can show the progression that she's shown. You know, in, in just this short span of her being in the UFC, and she's only 24 or 25. Um, I don't know, man. I'd love to see a rematch between her and Macy Barber whenever Barber comes back. Um, I think Barber's been out for, what is it, nine months at this point? Um, So she's got to be close to to returning. But, like, I don't know, man. I'd really like to see her, and I think think we'll see it because, you know, hopefully they're looking up in the rankings this time. But, like, how would she fare against a Roxanne Modafferi? That'd be a very, very interesting litmus test. Uh, that I'd like to see Robertson pass, and and I think she would, um, but but I don't know. I mean, I I'm I'm really curious. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like, and again, Barbara tore her ACL, and you know what I mean, whatever. But I don't know who will have the better career. Barbara beat Robertson, but I don't know, man. Like, who's gonna have the better career five years from now? I almost want to lean towards Jillian Robertson, like. I don't know, and, and 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 you know, Dean Thomas is one of the best coaches in, in MMA. So, uh, again, I mean, I, I'm I'm very high on her future. All right, moving on here to a middleweight fight here, a unanimous decision victory for Jun Young Park over John Phillips. Uh, one of the most frustrating fights I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. John Phillips, he got cut and then he got brought back. Don't bring John Phillips back. I can't. I physically can't stand to watch another John Phillips fight. It's the most frustrating thing I've ever fucking seen in my entire life. This guy has a steam piston for a fucking right hand. And yet he's a mixed martial artist and he's he has been in the UFC for a few years. It it honestly looks like he's never trained on the ground for even a second. And I know that's not true, but that's very sad and scary that 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 that's not true, but yet the outcome is this. I don't know who the fuck John Young Park is, but he's not some hot prospect. He's not some guy who's highly touted. He's just a guy on the roster who can somewhat wrestle. 
and he just grapple-fucked the living shit out of John Phillips. One of the most embarrassing, pathetic performances I've ever seen from a UFC fighter. Ever seen from a fighter, ever. Dada 5000 put a better fucking performance when he fought Kimbo Slice than John Phillips did versus John Young Park. That John, John Phillips should be banned from every single commission in the world. He should never be allowed to fight mixed martial arts ever again. If he wants to fight boxing, all right, fair enough. Kickboxing, okay. Tiddlywinks, that's fine. That's good as well. But MMA, holy fucking shit. That's like, I don't even, I don't, I don't get it. Do you not train on the ground? Just a pathetic, all of, all of Wales was drinking themselves to death on Saturday night from John Phillips' performance. That was so fucking bad. That was so bad. Honestly, so he got held down and pounded for 15 minutes. I could put, I couldn't put, I personally could not put a better performance out there than John Phillips did, but I, I sure as shit, if I was put in that octagon, could sit there and get pounded for 15 minutes. That's very sad when any random person you could pull from the stands could put together the same performance that you just did and you call yourself a professional fighter. Just oh, <laughs> an embarrassment for the sport of mixed martial arts. Uh, good for John Yon Park. Congratulations. I think he broke a record for the most amount of strikes la- landed on a fucking dead corpse. All right, moving on here. Still on the prelims, a unanimous decision victory here for Faraz Ziam uh, over Jamie Malarkey. Uh, didn't watch this one closely. Good for Ziam. I picked Malarkey. Didn't feel super great about it, um, but uh, you know, I'll I'll know who the smile killer is next time. And again, a lot, you know, a lot of the times I say that for some of these prelim fights. I mean, the best thing that could happen is just that people know your name. And, and, you know, next time you're on a card, people will go, oh, I remember that name. You know, and it sounds, it sounds trivial, you know, because you always want to go like, oh, well, I put together such a before, you know, I, I, I'm Joaquin Buckley and I fucking murdered Impa Kasanganai with, a, you know, a, a spinning kick or whatever. Like, yeah, that's always the goal. But, you know, sometimes just being known, even just for a, a nice unanimous decision victory is enough to get people to tune in the, the next time and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, all right, moving on here. We had a uh, round two TKO for Maxim Grishin over Gadzamurad and Tagulov. Um, yeah, Grishin, Grishin evidently is pretty good when he's not at heavyweight. Uh, I, I was so unimpressed by Maxim Grishin uh, in, in his heavyweight debut versus uh, Marcin Tabora back in July. But uh, when he's fighting at light heavyweight, he's got really, really long legs, a really tall frame. Uh, good arm length, and uh, he, he put it on Antigulov, and, you know, not that Antigulov is some killer, but, um, you know, Grishin's somebody to watch. He's some, he, you know, he is. He's somebody to watch at, at light heavyweight. I mean, that was a really good performance. It was a nice finishing sequence um, as well. Um, it, it, I mean, it was a little weird. I probably wouldn't have stopped it, um, not, to, not to go all Steve Mazzagatti or, or Mario Yamasaki on you, but I probably went to stopped it, but, um, you know, it, it was pretty violent towards the end and, you know, just a, a nice, a nice win for Maxim Grishin. And then moving on here to the prelim opener, um, a 51 second knockout from Saeed Nurmagomedov over Mark Striegel. Uh, I believe that's not Khabib's brother. I believe they said that they're not related at all. So that's interesting. Uh, I guess Nurmagomedov is a, a popular name. 
Um, but a, a very nice... Vi- I mean, <laughs> what can you say? Very short night at the office. If I was Nurmagomedov, I'd come back and just be like, yeah, I want another fight next week. I'm already here. I'd pull a, I'd pull a Hamzat uh, on him. Um, uh, just, a, just a great strike. You know, pretty good power. And, uh, you know, I, I, th- I believe Nurmagomedov is a flyweight, but this fight obviously was at, at bantamweight. So... Um, I don't know, man. I mean, he came he came into the UFC and, and racked together a couple of actually pretty nice wins over Justin Scoggins and uh, Ricardo Hamos. The Hamos one in particular that was that was a very good very good win, very good finish. Um, and then uh, for whatever reason, just a, a unanimous decision loss to Howney Barcelos. But you know, back back to the winning ways, and that was that was a very nice performance. Um, one of the one of the better knockouts of the night. Um, yeah, probably, you know, I guess I'd give it to Jimmy Crute, but yeah, second best knockout of the night. Not too shabby there for uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov. All right, so with that, uh, we'll wrap up the show here. So again, uh, we'll have two shows tomorrow. We'll have the main card showdown, and we'll also have a UFC 254 preview. Uh, obviously, uh, 254 taking place this Saturday. We'll have the main card showdown. The first round of the North Star Sports October World Grand Prix will take place then. Again, it's me versus the fireman and captain versus uh, the hound dog, Reagan Hooverman. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So again, check out our, our website uh, and our, our rankings. We got all the podcasts up there. Bunch of interesting stuff there at northstarsports.media. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN, uh, the mailman at Owen the mailman, uh, and uh, Northstar Sports at uh, Northstar MIN. Uh, Yeah, and with that, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.